Hi, I'm Nancy Dufresne. Welcome to our podcast channel. We know you'll be blessed by today's message. Turn with me this morning to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4. I had something on my heart and so I, uh, if we're not careful, we can miss it at a very basic fundamental place. Anytime that you have someone who's skillful in their profession or in anything they do, it's because they're good at the fundamentals. I was a piano performance major in college and I never, no matter what I was practicing on, I had to start with the fundamentals. I had to start out with the scales, the arpeggios and all of the technique because if I did not touch that that day, I could not, I could not successfully carry out what was in the pieces I was playing. The fundamentals helped me to, um, it helped me to be able to accomplish what I was playing. I wasn't after performing the fundamentals, but the fundamentals enabled me to perform. You understand that? I never went out in public and performed the fundamentals, (laughs) but the fundamentals were, were built into every piece I played. And uh, if we're not careful, we're looking at something larger and missing the fundamentals that cause us to be effective and get results. Listen, every prayer that you pray should get an answer. Every time you release your faith, you should receive. And if we're not, we're missing something. Amen. And uh, Mark chapter four and verse 23 And I'm going to read out the Amplified Classic Translation. So if you have that on your device that you could pull that up, it would be a help so you can follow along with us. Mark chapter four and verse 23. Jesus was speaking and he said this, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. How many of you know that you're the one who determines where your ear goes? So he's saying, if anyone is interested, if you're interested in hearing what I'm saying, because there's a lot of people who really miss it on the one point, they're just not interested in what's being said because they've already decided something. And so we need to be teachable. So he said, if any man has ears to hear, let him be listening and let him perceive and comprehend. Notice, comprehend, take it in. Understand what is being said. It's not just about being within earshot. It's about what's being spoken, finding its home in you. Verse 24, and he said to them, be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give, listen to that, the measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear, will be the measure of virtue or power and knowledge that comes back to you. So he's saying what comes back to you is based on what you did with what you hear of the word. He's not the one who measures the power and knowledge to us, we do. So the degree of power that's operating in our life is completely under our control. The the degree of knowledge we walk in is completely under our control. It's not under his. 
Now, how do we increase the measure of power and the measure of knowledge that we want to have flowing in our life? It's by one way, the measure of thought. This is meditation. The measure of thought and study you give. The measure of thought and study you give. You, you, um, you dismiss that, you're dismissing yourself from power. You di- you're dismissing yourself from the knowledge of God's, God's knowledge about your life. God's knowledge about the plan that he has for you. So when we decide that we don't have time for study, we're saying we don't need power. That's scary. (laughs) Because the thing about the power of God, you need it at a moment's notice. You're going to need it. We all need it at a time when we were not even expecting to need it. Why? Because the emergencies of life come to everyone. The tests of life, the crisis of life will show up. But that does not have to be the flow of your life if you have power to meet that crisis. When does crisis become the lifestyle of people when they're void of power? Power annihilates crisis. Power annihilates tragedy. So we have to be ready with power. Amen. How do we, how do we be ready with power? The measure of thought and study you give. The, not the measure of thought and study pastor gives or preachers give. The measure of thought and study you give. Now remember what Jesus prefaced this statement with. Anybody who has ears to hear, you better be listening. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. I don't know about you, I need power every day. Every day. I want power every day. Why? Because then I'm armed and equipped for what's going to come that's going to call for power. So whether or not I'm ready for what's, what I'm going to face is being based on one thing, the measure of thought and study I give to the truth. Not to my way of thinking, to the truth. Not to the way I was raised, to the truth. So he lets you know, people don't realize power and the knowledge of God about your life and just the knowledge of God of his word is all within your control. You tell the religious world that and they think, no, power is only under God's control. Listen, power goes where his word is. And when you put your, his word in, power goes in. When you meditate on his word, power flows. When you speak his word, power flows because power is, is, uh, is the commodity of the word. Amen. And people are sitting back and waiting for God to dump power on them to deal with their problem. And he's saying, you're going to have power based on the measure of thought and study you give to the word. And this is where so many people want to step back from their responsibilities in Christ. But not only that, this is a privilege for us to be able to measure God's power to our life. We determine how much we lay hold of. We determine how great a a degree of power that flows based on how we treat the word. Well, praise the Lord. The fundamentals. 
Amen. If we listen to the word, we get help. So he says this, let's read again, verse 24. He said to them, be careful what you are hearing. Do not just get on the internet and just listen to anything, watch anything, because so much of the time the devil would love to just insert a measure of error to upset your whole faith life. Amen. If it's not within the feeding ground of what you're fed in the local church, you don't need it probably. (laughs) Amen. Be careful what you are hearing. Why? Because what you're hearing is what's going to flow. Good or bad. Be careful what you are hearing. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear will be the measure of virtue or power and knowledge that comes back to you. So when you give toward, when you give time toward the word, you get something back called power and knowledge. Ah, you can, you can read something, uh, a magazine, you can read a novel and get nothing back but a squirrely mind. But you read, the, you feed on the word, you take it in, you comprehend it, you take it in, you're going to get something worth having back. And more besides will be given to you who hear. For to him who has, for to him who has what? Ears to hear. That's what he's talking about in verse 23. He's talking about what you're going to do with your ears. So for him who has ears to hear will more be given. So the power's in your hearing. The knowledge of God is based on your hearing. So for to him who has ears to hear will more what be given? More power and more knowledge be given. And from him who has nothing, what's that? No ears to hear. Even what he has will be taken away. Look at this, by force. Who's getting involved? The devil's getting involved now. God doesn't operate by force. The devil operates by force. God operates by power. But when you don't have the word dwelling and you're not, you're not studying and feeding on it, then there's going to come a force that's going to come against you. And the Bible says that what's going to happen, you won't have the power to be able to hold on to what the, the force is trying to take away from you. What? The force of, the force of evil. Amen. The force of the enemy. The force of your adversary. The force of tests and trials. Yeah. The outcome to everything that happens in your life is based on one thing, how you treat the word. Amen. You said, well, I thought it was based on faith. It is. Faith is how you're treating the word. Yes. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Aren't we glad that he's telling us this thing? That it's not about us getting God to move. It's not about us praying long enough and coercing power out of the hand of God. It's about us putting ourselves within earshot of the word. Amen. How we treat the word will determine what and how much we receive from God. God's not the one who determines what we receive from him. Why? Because he's made it all available to all of us. But the things that belong to us are conditional. See, they're not automatic. They're conditional. They're conditional based on our obedience, 
based on our hearing, based on our faith. Amen. No matter what belongs to us in Christ, and this is an important word for you not to forget, no matter what belongs to us in Christ, we only partake of it to the measure we're interested in it. Why do people, why do Christians not receive more when all of heaven is available? We receive based on our interest level because it's our interest that compels us to grow in faith. Remember what Mark eleven twenty four 24 says? What things soever you desire. Ah, what's he talking about? Your interest level. What things ever you desire, when you pray, believe. People who have no interest will not release their faith in something. I don't want to not partake of what is mine simply because I wasn't interested enough to do my part. People are interested in it if God will just dump it on them. But if they have to do anything, forget it. But Jesus lets us know God has a part, but we have a part toward God's part. God's part is power, but our part is to hear the word of power. Amen. I don't want to fail simply because I was not interested enough in getting the help from the word. My, my thing is this, is that is exactly what happened with Esau. He devalued. He devalued what was his. He wasn't partaking of it that day in the sense of the inheritance doesn't come fully to him until his daddy's not here. But it was his all along to partake of as he needed and then it would come into full possession whenever his daddy was no longer there. It was his by birthright, but he just didn't care. He just wasn't interested and he swapped it out for a bowl of soup. And what I was saying is that Christians every day are swapping out their divine inheritance, their victories for a bowl of soup. They'd rather go to the movies. They'd rather uh, go to the beach. There's nothing wrong with recreation if the word is put first. I'm not against recreation. I'm against in any of our lives, us not giving the word first place because it shows our interest level. The place you give the word in your life shows your interest in it. Amen. And we all can make that correction because those kind of statements drive it home. Amen. Um, the place we give the word shows God how interested we are in being healed. Like I said, humanity, just natural carnal thinking is, well, if God's going to give it to me, I'm just going to pray for him to give it to me. But he needs your cooperation. It belongs to you, but you have to be in position to receive it. And hearing the word positions you. Feeding on the word positions you. Amen. As long as you're taking air in, <laughs> decide the word is more interesting to you, that you're interested in having what the word says is yours, than interested in, in than your profession, than anything else of your life. 
Amen. Amen. We could all look back and say, what have I, what have I drifted away from? Yeah. Sometimes our health is robbed from us. Our prosperity is robbed from us. The peace in our home, these things are robbed from us for one thing. We simply weren't interested enough in the word to grow and to hold on and to have the power of God moving in those situations. People are praying and praying and praying for God to heal them. But how interested are they in getting the word in them? Amen. You have to stir yourself up. Paul told Timothy, stir up the gift that's on the inside of you. And he's talking about the the gift of the Holy Ghost in that too. But it shows us this. Every spiritual thing has to be stirred. Even your spiritual desires have to be stirred. You have to stir yourself up for healing. Stir yourself up for prosperity. Stir yourself up to live a life of peace and joy. Stir it up. Stir it up. Stir it up. Amen. If you stir it continually, to stir it continually, it matters who you run around with. You have to stir yourself toward the plan of God. And if you're running around with people who know nothing about the plan of God, not interested in the plan of God, you not only have to stir yourself up, but you want to be around people who will stir you when you stop stirring. You don't need anybody to drift into carnality with you. Unstirred people will not help you stay stirred. And let me say this, everyone is stirring something. Everyone is stirring something in their life. Sometimes it's just an appetite for sports. Just that they go crazy over sports events. Nothing wrong with that if you, unless you didn't stir yourself up for God's events. What's God's events? What about the local church? Make sure you're running around with people who stir the right things. I mean, people have said to my husband in in years past, y'all go to church nearly every day. You know what I answer to them? Y'all go to baseball games nearly every day. Take, you go to practice, then go watch a game. Y'all will drive all over the county to go to basketball games, baseball games. Nothing wrong with that if, unless it's in the first position. Amen. Be careful who you run around with because what they're stirring will become what you stir. You weren't near as interested in that sports team until you got around someone who was. You weren't near as interested in that activity until you got around someone who was. And they were stirring that, and so you picked up their stirring. You got in that flow. Nothing wrong. Like I said, you can have interest, but not, not when the word is down the list. That's when you get into trouble. We see somebody, when we look at the life of Caleb, we see somebody who was interested in what God had for him and what God had for his nation. And his interest showed. How did his, did his interest show? The word kept, keeps saying about Caleb, he wholly followed the Lord. W-H-O-L. 
H-O-L-L-Y. He holy means he was wholehearted. What's it mean? He was all in. He was all in. And while others were dying of his generation, his all in position kept him going. Why? Because he was all in power kept flowing all in for him. And he said, God has kept me alive. He watched every other man except Joshua die in his generation. Millions of men, he watched them die and he said, and God kept me alive. Why? Because he was stirring himself toward what God said about his life and what God said about his people. He was all in. He was all in. What's that mean? He gave his best. You're not earning it. Believe me, you're not earning it. But you are obedient. We have to be obedient to our side. And our side is wholehearted. All in. Give our best. Meaning this, don't practice giving less than your best. Because if you do that in natural things, you'll do that towards spiritual things. And that means this, when you're at work, be all in. When you're at church, be all in. <clears throat> Whatever you're at, be all in. Practice all in. You have to practice it. Amen. When a man pays you a job, you ha- he pays you to do a job, it's not right that you're doing as little as you can, squeezing out the door, getting out as early as you can, coming in as late as you can, because you got your own business in mind down the road. You got your own ministry in mind down the road. You've got your own agenda. You're getting out of here quick as you can so you can go, go with your buddies to the ball game. Be all in. Why do people not receive more? They're not all in. You have to be all in to receive healing. Why? Because the devil's all in about your defeat. He's all in. You ever seen, you ever seen two toddlers that want the same toy? Brother, they are all in. They're snatching. They're scratching. They're biting. They're screaming. They are all in. When they want a certain toy, and the one who's not all in loses. They losing that toy. I want you to know the devil plays mean. And you better be all in. Give your best toward the word. Don't give as little as you can because I don't feel up to it. You start giving all in and you'll start feeling up to it. Can I tell you how to feel better? Be all in. Amen. Some are in the condition they're in for one reason, how they treat the word. How they treat the word. They treat it as optional. They treat it as as a last ditch effort. When everything starts falling apart, then they'll give some attention toward it. But that's living a less than life. Our attitude toward the word determines the place that God holds in our daily lives. You understand that? If we love God, we must love his word because him and his word are one. The word is not a common book. It is the source of power. God hastens to his word to perform it. It's the performance place of God. 
when that word gets in us, what did James say? He said, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. He was telling Christians, your souls aren't saved. What's he, what's he saying? You don't think right. Your mind's not renewed. Why? Because you haven't taken the word and engrafted it. It's not the neglected word that saves us. It's the engrafted word. The neglected word can't do a thing for us. But it's the engrafted word that gets in us and we just hold on. I tell you, people, Christians need more hold on in them. I, I, I tell you, there were times that such bombardment on my mind to where you'd rather leave than stay. Yeah. And I remember a time those things were, would come and I remember grabbing the newel post at the bottom of the stairway and saying, I will not fail. I will not go under. I mean, I physically held on to something because my hold on on the inside was so strong that it was taking on a, a, a performance on the outside. And so I tell you what, to get past certain opposition, you're going to have to be all in, holding on. Not because you're drowning, but because you refuse to be swayed. Not because you're failing, not because you're going under, but saying, I refuse to move. I refuse to act like I have no victory. I refuse to act like I'm getting worse instead of better. Nobody can do that for you. The hold on is in you. You hold on to the word and I guarantee you it will anchor you. It will anchor you. So you quit, so you quit floating back into symptoms. So you quit floating back into depression. The word will anchor you. Not the word read, the word engrafted. The word engrafted. The word meditated on. You can find this message and others by Nancy Dufresne on the Dufresne Ministries podcast channel, available wherever you listen to podcasts. God offers you His thoughts. Take them. This life-changing book by Nancy Dufresne, A Sound, Disciplined Mind, will instruct you on how to do that. It will lift you from a commonplace into the supernatural. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. God's Word speaks about the different measures of faith. Little faith, weak faith, dead faith, increasing faith, and great faith. We need to understand that faith is measurable. Get your copy of Nancy Dufresne's book, Knowing Your Measure of Faith. If you need prayer, please call our prayer line. We have trained ministers on staff who are ready to agree with you for your miracle. Jesus called healing the children's bread. Nancy Dufresne's book, Daily Healing Bread from God's Table, contains daily portions of healing bread for you to feast on and meditate on in your thought life throughout the day. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. If you would like to share a testimony or let us know how this ministry has blessed you, we would love to hear from you. Please visit our website at DufresneMinistries.org. In Nancy Dufresne's book, A Supernatural Prayer Life, you will learn how prayer moves the plan of God forward. As we take time to pray in the Spirit, clarity of His plan for our lives comes. Order this book now at DufresneMinistries.org. We trust you've enjoyed this message. Visit us at DufresneMinistries.org to learn of our upcoming meetings, share your testimony, become a partner, or visit our online store. 
This program has been made possible by the friends and partners of Dufresne Ministries.